Good morning, everyone, and welcome into another episode of the Found Generation podcast, a podcast for young people. Something that a lot of young people think about because we are peppered with questions all the time. When are you getting married? When are you going to have kids? I can think about it all, the holiday and family gatherings that were asked by our parents and our friends of friends and our coworkers. What are you going to do? Time is running out. When are you getting married? When are you having children? And so this is something that weighs on my mind, that weighs on all of our minds. And so I wanted to bring on to the show someone who has gone through all of this within the last calendar year, my dear friend, Alicia and Talowitz, recently married, now pregnant, 25 weeks along, due to give birth July 15th, 2023, to Baker David, a to-be baby boy. Alicia, thank you for joining me, making your second appearance on the show. You are (laughs) glowing. I'm so excited to talk to you today and ask you questions about what this experience has been like for you so far, because I imagine a lot of people uh, would love to hear what your experience has been like. So with that said, very excited to talk to you. Thank you for joining me. First, as your friend, I just want to ask you, how are you? How are you feeling? (laughs) How is life? Life is good. Um, I'm okay. I am feeling all right now. I had a pretty rough first trimester, um, and it did carry over into the second. And normally people say that during the second trimester, all of your sickness goes away, but that was not the case for me. Um, But I'm okay. I'm adjusting to the whole being pregnant, about to be a mom thing. I had a big career change in November also. So It's been a lot, but I'm good. I'm good. So I think the best way to have this conversation is just to go chronologically. And I know um, I had Hannah Brannigan, our our old friend from high school, on the show (laughs) uh, last summer. And she was able to Mm -hmm. give us the perspective of she had had her baby boy, Davis, already and was able to take us through the experience of being pregnant from completion to finish. Or, or from beginning to finish, you are still going through it. So I just kind of want to talk to you um, about what your journey has been like. And I just think the best way to start off is at the beginning. How did you find out that you were pregnant? <laughs> so um, it was a little crazy. I was feeling not great one morning. It was, I can very clearly remember, November 8th. Um, I wasn't feeling that great. And I just remember not being able to sleep And I just was, like, feeling kind of crampy. I was like, something's, like, off. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just felt off. Um, And so I texted my husband, and I said, can you stop at the store and grab pregnancy tests? Like, I do not think I'm pregnant. Like, there's literally a 1% chance that I am. And I was like, but just in case, I'll put my mind at ease. I know if I call the doctor, they're going to ask me, did you take a test? Um, So he was like, I'm not buying a test. They're so expensive. You're so dramatic. You know, you go through the motions. (laughs) And I was like, please just, just do it. So he stops and grabs the test. And honestly, like I did not think I was pregnant. We had just gotten married and we had not planned to have kids until this year, like 2023, um, later in the year, like get pregnant. So he comes home, he, you know, gives me the test and I don't even think anything about it. It was a super busy week for me. Um, and it was also the first day of my career. I started freelancing social media. So I was really head focused, like on making sure my clients were taken care of, like just making sure I was doing the thing. 
And I had an appointment at 9.30 that morning. And at like nine o'clock, I was like, all right, I'll just take it quick before I go. Like just to put my mind at ease, I know it's negative. Um, And it was instantly positive. Like there was no waiting time. It was the most out of body experience. Like I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life. So like my first reaction was like, just like screaming Nick's name. I was like, Nick. And he was like, something like somebody better have died. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what's going on? And I was like, it's positive. And I was shaking, but I didn't really feel happy. And I felt instant guilt because I wasn't happy. I felt nervous. I felt like I wasn't ready. I just had like a complete mental breakdown, which kind of sucked because I'm married. We're established. We're planning on having kids. So like his reaction was to be excited. And so it was a really interesting like dynamic, um, like him trying to comfort me and also me just like not being able to be excited about it. And I just think it's something that we need to normalize, honestly, because just because you are planning to have kids and like I said, like if you're married, established, like you know where you want to go and you know what this is in life. It doesn't mean that like you have to be over the moon when you get a positive pregnancy test. Like I really was not. I have to be honest. Like I cried for weeks. I was like, we just got married. What is our marriage going to be like? Like it's never going to be you and me again. There's a million things that go through your mind. And that was just a tough pill for me to swallow. On top of that, I'm just somebody that struggles with change. And I just went through so much change, right? Like I literally... This is day one of my career. I just got married. I just changed my last name. Like I had gone through all of these incredible life changes. And then on top of that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to put my business on a halt. Like what am I going to do during my maternity leave? Like there was a million things going through my mind. And then the whole reason I took the test is because I wasn't feeling right. Like I was crampy. So then I'm all in my head like, am I going to have a miscarriage? Like, am I okay? Like, is this going to be a viable pregnancy? Like I couldn't enjoy it. So I had to run to the appointment because I just, I couldn't cancel it. And I had no time to decompress or like sit with it that entire day. I just had to go. And I remember coming home and calling my gynecologist because I was like, I guess this is probably what I should do. I, I don't, I don't know. I've never been through this before. And they're like, okay, so, um, we'll see you in six weeks. So the way it works is when you get pregnant, the doctors won't see you until you're eight weeks. So I, at that point, they thought I was three weeks. So they said, you know, we'll see you in five or six weeks or whatever. And I was like, so like, what am I supposed to do? Just like sit here for six weeks and just like hope that everything's okay. Like that's really how it goes. And that to me, like shocked me. Um, And I understand it now because really you can't hear a heartbeat any earlier than, you know, six or eight weeks, you can't see anything on an ultrasound. So they won't bring you in. Um, They just kind of say, you know, here's some prenatal vitamins, take these and we'll see you then. Um, And so that first like six to eight weeks that you're just sitting around is so gut wrenching. Like until you hear a heartbeat or see something on an ultrasound, you just are like, it's, it's intense. Like that's the only way I can describe it. So I spent those weeks just like crying in bed, wondering how this is going to go for me, hoping that there was going to be a heartbeat, like feeling crampy, not having any answers. Um, And then we went and got our first ultrasound and I ended up being further than they thought I was. So you could see him um, like 
completely. Like normally your first ultrasound is just a blob. And our first ultrasound, he had a head, a body, like hands and feet. And I just was like overwhelmed with relief because I didn't realize that a lot of that anxiety and that like just feeling of not being able to enjoy my pregnancy came from not knowing like how I was like, you know, is there a heartbeat? Like, is he okay? You just don't know. <laughs> and there's no physical changes at that point. Um, and then also I started to become really sick. So it was a roller coaster for me. It was a roller coaster. And then, um, you know, you're not supposed to tell anybody. That's what they say, at least. Because, yeah, I know. You're not supposed to tell, tell anybody until you get into the second trimester, they say. Just because um, once you're into the second trimester, there's a 1% chance of a miscarriage. So had I announced at eight weeks and then lost the baby, then I would have had to announce, you know, you know. And so that was the other thing is keeping it a secret was so intense for me. I, <laughs> you know tell my whole life to the whole entire world. I am not somebody who likes to keep things quiet. Um, so I did tell my parents, obviously, pretty soon after. And then we waited until around Christmas time to tell the rest of the family because I was about 12 weeks at that point. Um, and that was also so much relief for me. So the first trimester, it's just intense. It's keeping it a secret. You're really, really sick. You don't want to go out in public. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy. But the second has been so much better for me. At what point, you know, you had all these concerns about, oh my gosh, my career is just starting. Oh my gosh, yeah. we just got married. Like we're not even really established in our marriage yet. At what point did you stop being so concerned about those things and just genuinely happy that, oh my God, I'm having a child? I think it, well, I would say about two or three weeks. Like once I was able to like calm down, and kind of think about it like I have a great husband, a great marriage. You know, we're financially stable. We have so much support. I think it was about two or three weeks then I was able to start kind of like, I wouldn't say enjoying it, but I was okay with the idea of it. Um, and then definitely after our first ultrasound, when we got to see him, it was just like everything went away. I was like, oh my God, we're doing this. Like, this is going to be great. Who cares? It's meant to be. Um, you know, it's six months earlier than we expected to start trying or whatever. So I would say around then, but as far as the career thing goes, I mean, that took me a little while just because I had just started full time with the clients that I had. Um, I didn't really know how to tell them that I was going to be on maternity leave and I'm freelance. So essentially, if when I'm gone, there's nobody there to take my spot. You know, I probably would have to outsource. So it was just all these things like going through um, my head. And then it made me feel better when I finally was able to tell people and I told my clients and they were like, Alicia, it's fine. Like if you just have a plan for me and we'll post it or outsource it and we'll pay somebody like it's not a big deal. Like everybody deserves to have a maternity leave. It's fine. Um, but then the other thing I struggled with was I was really interested in taking on more clients and I still am. So I put myself out there, but also people knew that I was pregnant. So I've had a little bit of a struggle with that because it's like, you know, okay, I can hire her now for four months, but she's going to be gone for the whole summer, which is a busy time for a lot of people. So I struggled with that for sure. Um, but I would say second trimester is when I really was like, able to enjoy things, 
once I saw the ultrasound, once I stopped being so sick, um, once my clients knew, once it was out in the open is when I could like take a deep breath and be like, okay, I'm excited. You've answered so many of my questions so far, but one thing I'm dying to ask you, and there's not that many people who are qualified to answer this. So you work in social media, you have your own thriving Instagram and TikTok accounts. And of all the posts in the world that you can make, there's only a select number of posts that have like real uh, social capital attached to them. That's like life updates, job announcements. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, the, the pick with the, you know, once you get proposed to the pick with the, uh, the ring on the (laughs) finger and the I'm pregnant post and the, Oh my God, here's my baby post. How much thought and time (laughs) did you put into assembling the I'm pregnant social media post? (laughs) Um, not as much time as you'd think, honestly. And uh, that took a lot of people by surprise because I had this whole idea of, you know, I wanted to do a whole video, like hire a videographer and have it done. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe we should, you know, get a professional photographer and take pictures that way. And then when it came down to it, I was like, I just want to announce it. I just want to announce it like in the comfort of my own home. Nick was the same way. He's like, let's just do it. Like, we don't need to think that much into it. Like, So, um, actually I have a professional camera my neighbor came over and she took pictures and, and we did the baby announcement picture and it came out so cute and I'm so happy with it. But, um, honestly I was, I was overwhelmed at the time I was announcing it. So I was just like, I just want to do it. It will make me feel better if I just do it. I will say the my baby name reveal video, I did put a little more time and effort into just because I was really back and forth about announcing his name because I've gotten some not so great feedback about it, which is whatever. It, it doesn't bother me. But um, I was like, maybe we should just keep his name quiet until he's born. Wait, what lowlifes are commenting <laughs> on the name of your child? What are they saying? I know. I know just my TikTok um, of his baby name reveal. The comments are like vile. Um, Just like Baker is not in. I know. (laughs) I know. People are like Baker's not a name. Like who names their kid Baker? Um, But like I said, I was like, whatever. So I went back and forth and then I was like, you know what? I love his name and it's going to be his name, whether it's now or in July. And I always refer to him as Baker. I never say like the baby or a baby. Um, so I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna announce it. So that post took a little more time because I wanted to do like something a little more built up. Um, we also didn't do a gender reveal, which is a very popular thing to do. Nick and I just found out the two of us um, over the phone, which I was kind of against, but he was just really wanting to know. And we had a uh, like a little gender reveal planned. And then the results ended up coming like seven days after we had planned the party. So by the time they came in, I was like, all right, just tell like, just tell me. Um, so it was just the two of us in our room. And she, like my doctor had told us over the phone and it was like the most special moment ever. Um, so we didn't do like a gender reveal post either. So we just, I was like, I'm going to put a little bit of time and effort into the, the name reveal. And it, I mean, it was a hit, but (laughs) some people were like, what the heck is going on with that name? (laughs) Aside from the obvious, your physical size, uh, has changed. What are the other, maybe more subtle 
changes that that have happened to you um within the past few months i mean more so like on the emotional side other physical changes that aren't as readily available to the eye yeah i mean obviously i've changed a lot physically i would say pregnancy brain is a real thing um, which sucks (laughs) pregnancy brain is essentially like foggy like you just have a foggy brain like you can't focus or like you lose your train of thought Um, I have noticed that intensely the past few weeks and that kind of sucks when you work for yourself or, and you have clients. Um, cause like I'll be in the middle of a conversation and I'll be like, I totally forget what I was saying. And they're like, are you okay? I'm like, it's the pregnancy brain. So my brain has been a little foggy. I also sleep so much, which is just insane. Like I am sleeping by like eight 30 or nine and I will sleep until eight 30 or nine. And I need it. Like if I don't, if I have to get up by an alarm, I'm miserable, like absolutely miserable. Um, so sleep has been a crazy thing for me. Um, but also my cravings, the pregnancy cravings are like, it's wacky. What's your (laughs) go-to craving? I would say right now I'm obsessed with tomatoes and like balsamic (laughs) vinegar. (laughs) Tomatoes and balsamic <laughs> vinegar or anything, salt and vinegar, like almonds, chips, I'll put salt and vinegar and oil on vegetables. I am just like, I have such a salt and vinegar craving. Um, but during my first trimester, I honestly could not eat anything. I was super nauseous and I did get sick, um, which was one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. It was awful. I honestly don't think I moved for six weeks, like from my bed. It was awful, um, which happens to a lot of people, but it's the fatigue and the nausea is so intense. You you feel like you have a stomach bug for like 10 or 12 weeks. Um, so my cravings then were kind of weird. I couldn't smell anything. Like if Nick was cooking something, I was like gagging, crying in my bathroom. Like I'm like, open all the windows. Like you can never cook in here again. Like anything cooking in my house made me like want to die. It was so intense for me. Um, which a lot of pregnant women have that it's your smell intensifies. I don't know why it happens. Um, so I would be eating like a lot of frozen food my first trimester, which was such a change for me last year because I went on like a major health journey at the beginning of last year until my wedding. And I lost all this weight, um, just to gain it all back. Um, but yeah, I would eat like chicken patties, frozen French fries, ravioli, like anything that I could cook and wouldn't smell was like what I had to eat my first trimester, which is insane. So this is the, in you know, I'm well documented on this podcast saying I have a rather <laughs> unhealthy relationship with food. So if I were snacking all the time, like I would feel very guilty and not good about oh. myself. Did, does that, do you have that feeling or is it, oh, I'm eating for two, eat as much as I, I want? No, it's, it's um guilty but also it sucks because i i lost 35 pounds before the wedding last year and i just created such a good routine for me with food i had an eating disorder years ago so food has always been tricky hey, brother, for me brother let's go <laughs> but i've i've always been like 
stick skinny. And then during COVID, I gained a ton of weight because I just was in like a depressive episode, which happened to a lot of people. Um, But I've never been like a fitness girly. I'd much rather do like the food thing. Um, So I actually did this program with uh, Kayla Radliff, which I don't know if you know her, but, um, she runs this program and it was great for me. Um, it essentially just helped me learn about ingredients in food, things that were anti-inflammatory. It helped me have an eating pattern throughout my day. Cause I'm not much of a snacker, but I love sugar. <laughs> it, that was like my major downfall. Like I was never like eating a bag of chips or, um, you know, Cheez-Its or anything during the day, but I just I loved pasta, bread, and sugar. And obviously that none of that stuff is great for you. Um, so up until my pregnancy, I my meals really consisted of protein, vegetables, fruit. Um, and then I got pregnant. It was all out the window. So I I I don't feel as guilty now because I know that my mindset is as soon as this baby is out, I am ready to get back into like my healthy eating. And I still try to maintain it as much as I can um, now. But I would say, if anything, I just really struggled with the fact that I lost all of that weight and, and had this like great relationship with food and loved all of these like healthy things. And then as soon as I got pregnant, I wanted none of it. Uh, that struggle. I struggled with that. And obviously, like now, all of my weight is back. So, <laughs> what has your your mood been like during this process? Um, not as moody as one would think. Um, I would say the first twelve weeks, I was really miserable, really depressed. But lately, it's been much better. Um, I've been okay. It's been all right. My mood's been. My mood's been pretty good. I will say, though, on the days that I don't get to sleep, I'm, like, really moody. But I'm happy. I mean, I'm okay. I understand that I'm pregnant. I know that I'm about to have a baby. Things are going great with my clients. I'm starting to do, like, the nesting thing. Um, So my mood's pretty good. For the men who listen to this podcast, I want to uh, (laughs) give something for them to to think about. What are the – ex? I think I asked you on the last time – that you were on the podcast as you were going through the wedding process, I was asking you, what is the role of the man in the wedding process? I now want to ask that question for, but for this, what are the expectations for the man in the process as his wife or, or mother of his child is about to have his child? Well, just like, don't say no. <laughs> I would say, um, honestly, just do anything you can to be supportive and listen we go through a ton of emotions hormonally. You're, everything is changing for us. Um, there's emotional imbalances. It's a whole roller coaster. It truly is, especially if you ask my husband. Um, but I would just say, listen, be as supportive as you can, and also never act like you know what they're going through because you truthfully don't. It is a very, very intense process. And I, I actually just had this conversation with Nick the other day. I was like, I had a little bit of a mental breakdown a couple of days ago because my body is is changing a lot. And um, like stretch marks, for example, once you get them, you can't really get rid of them. I mean, there's thousands of dollars that you can put into like getting laser treatments for them to go away. But like once you have stretch marks, a lot of people will have them forever. You know, I was upset about that. I was like, my body is never going to be the same if I get stretch marks. And 
I'm okay with it. I understand that my body is harboring like this amazing miracle and that I'm creating a human and this is just what has to happen, but it doesn't ease the pain less, right? Like I have so, I'm going through so much physical and emotional change. People's hair fall out. Like I know mine's going to fall out. Once you have the baby, it's, that's a hormonal thing too. Um, but the woman goes through a lot more changes than the men do not saying or belittling the men's responsibility and roles as a parent or as a father anyways, because they're just as important. Um, but just be very sensitive and just try to listen and be as, as supportive as you can, because I mean, I can't even tell you how many things have gone through my head about like how I am changing as a person and being a mother physically and emotionally. It's just so much. I, I want to get into that a little more. How do you accept the fact that your body is changing? Of course, it's a biological thing. It's it's hu- literally human nature for this to happen. But when you've looked one way your whole life and, and the way you look by and large in terms of your body composition is firmly within your control. You know, as a woman, yeah. it's it's less hard to control than it is for a man. But by and large, how you look is based on your life decisions. And now you can't necessarily control what you'll look like coming out of this. How, how does that sit with you? Yeah. Um, I had a really hard time with it. Like, especially because I just got to a point after years of struggling with weight gain that I felt like super confident in my body, um, right before I got pregnant. And so I really, really struggled with it, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, I know my body was made to do this. Like, I'm supposed to do this. And I keep telling myself that because I am really nervous about giving birth. (laughs) I do not have a high pain tolerance. So, um, but that's like just something that I keep telling myself to just ease the, you know, the pain that your body is supposed to do this. Like, you were made to do this um, and that you're going to get through it and that you can still be like comfortable in your body post-pregnancy. Like even my sister-in-law, she had a baby last July. She's always been super fit, like just very comfortable in her skin. And she is like not even, I mean, the baby is nine months old now and she looks just like she did before her pregnancy, before she got pregnant. So that gives me confidence because I'm like, there is a way to do it, but you just kind of have to sit with it now, right? Like it's going to be nine, 10, probably 11 months that your body is going to be a little bit different, but, but just have that mindset that as soon as you're ready to start getting back that you can. Have you planned out the day that the water breaks and and you know that, (laughs) that this is happening? Do you have a protocol in place? No, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm still kind of like, I haven't had my baby shower or anything yet. We haven't really bought that many things yet. I'm still kind of like, easing into it all. I think once we have the baby shower and we have all of his stuff here, I'll be like, oh, okay, this is real. We got to start having a plan. Um, But I'm still three and a half months out. I'm better under pressure. So (laughs) once it starts getting to the nitty gritty, that's when I'll I'll have a a solid plan. But um, it's also not like the movies. Like once your water breaks, you have to like go 90 miles per hour. Uh. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Like I could probably come home, take a quick shower and head to the hospital, (laughs) which is probably what will happen. (laughs) What, uh, what preparations have you made for, for being a mother in terms of learning literally how to care for another human being? 
Well, I am lucky in that aspect because I worked for almost 10 years in childcare. Um, so I used to work at a daycare, like right out of high school in an infant room. So I have a ton of like motherhood experience through that. I know a ton. Um, plus there's an eight year difference between my little sister and I. And so I had a large hand in helping, you know, raise her, change her diapers, do all the things. Um, and then I was a nanny for a long time. So I have a ton of experience motherhood wise. So that's very, very helpful for me. Um, but I also have been reading what not to expect or what to expect when you're expecting, which is an ancient book and they update it like every year and it's still relevant because it's all the same. Um, so I, I read that, but I, I feel more prepared for motherhood than I did for pregnancy itself. Oh my God. That's (laughs) awesome. I'm so, um, happy to hear that for you. What are you least looking forward to about giving birth? Besides the birth, (laughs) um, I honestly, I have a lot of fears about it. Um, one, I hear so many horror stories and I just have, like I said, a really low pain tolerance. Um, so the epidural kind of freaks me out because it has to go into your spine and that really like gives me the heebie-jeebies. But I know once I'm in there, I'll probably be like, just give it to me. Uh, but no, the birth itself, I am terrified of, like honestly terrified. Um, but you, as so many people have told me different stories. Some people are like, oh my gosh, the epidural was great. I felt nothing. It was easy breezy. And then other people are like, it was terrible. I was rushed into an emergency C-section and it's just, it's all too much, but you never know. You don't know until you're there. So like I said, I'm just going to keep telling myself like you were made to do this. You're, you're going to get through it. People get through it. What are you most looking forward to about this process? I just, I really am excited to meet him. I just want to know what he looks like. And I hope he's cute. <laughs> Sometimes fan- babies are ugly. <laughs> have you fantasized about that moment? That moment oh, yeah. when you first lock eyes with your baby boy? Oh, yeah. I, like, could cry thinking about it. I am – I can't even wait. It's going to be the most surreal moment of my life. And I'm just excited. Like, even – now that I'm pregnant, I'm more hyper aware of like little boys when I'm out and about, right? So if I go to, I don't know, Target and I see like a little two-year-old with his mom, I'm like, that's going to be me soon. Or I'm just more hyper aware of like the mother-son dynamic and it just gets me so excited. And then I always have people sending me TikToks of, you know, the mother-son bond or Instagram posts. And I'm like, that I'll just like instantly sob because I'm just so excited. <laughs> and all of my friends had boys. Um, like literally all of my friends have boys. Hannah has a boy. Gabby has boys, just everybody. So that will be good for him to have all of his little, to have friends. a little friend group. I mean, how cool will that be that it's so cool. the people that you are friends with, your kids can be friends with and can all literally grow up together. That's gotta be, I can't imagine that. I, that, it makes me so over the moon. You have no idea. Um, one that the whole entire friend group literally has boys. Um, and also, like I said, um, my sister-in-law had a baby last year and they will be a year apart. And just the fact that they'll have each other to grow up with so close in age just makes me so happy because it doesn't always work like that. Something that just as we all get older, you know, as we get married, as we have children, we tend to 
drifts like more and more into our, you know, just like our our married life and our children's lives, and we kind of leave behind the the life that we had. I remember Hannah telling me that she wanted this wild and crazy life and to be out in the city and partying and whatnot. And then when she had a child, her values just completely changed. She wants, I want suburbs. I want to buy a house. I want to wrap my child in a bubble. And I just want to live, for lack of a better term, like a boring life. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Just how much your life and the way that you go about it is going to change? Yeah, I have. Um, But I hate the term. Like so many people will tell you you know, your life is over once you have a kid. It's like, so it's the most negative thing ever, but so many people say that. Um, I and said that I hate on the that. show recently. <laughs> you did? It's, yeah. I, I, I hate that. I, I said, I fear having a child. I told this to Sarah Rose. I said, I hear, I fear having a child because I think that once I do that, like all this traveling and all this fun stuff I do in the career, like all of that is just gone and I'm done growing as a person. And, mm-hmm. and Sarah was smart to tell me, okay, yeah, maybe you leave that chapter of your life behind, but that's the growing is just going to start there. You're going to be yeah. thrown a whole new influx of challenges and problems and things that you had never even considered that are going to force you to come to grips with things about yourself that you had never even considered before. Right. And why does it have to stop? Like, why can't you still travel? You know, it might change a little bit. You might have to go four days and not seven days because your mom will only watch the baby then or you have to take them with you. But I mean, your life doesn't have to stop. And I know plenty of parents who live their lives just as they did before they had kids. And it might, again, might be on pause until they're, you know, eight, nine months, a little bit older, but um, it doesn't have to stop. And Nick and I are both so adamant that, you know, we're going to continue to be like the traveling people that we are. And we're going to continue to have date nights and an an active marriage outside of, you know, our son. And it doesn't have to stop. And I really do have that mindset. I mean, of course, I'm not going to be booking spontaneous trips like I was before, but I'll have to plan trips and that will be fine, but it will be worth it to not have to give up my whole entire life. What's the best piece of advice you've received so far during this entire process? Hmm. I think that it, it it's meant to be. Like everything that's meant to be will be. And like I said, I really struggled in the beginning. Like that this wasn't supposed to happen yet. Like I'm not ready. I I don't know if I can do this yet. Um, and everybody just kept telling me, like, Alicia you were made to do this. You're going to do this at some point. Like there's a reason why it's happening now. Like this is meant to be. Um, So I think people that are struggling with a positive pregnancy test or, you know, they don't feel fully ready for a step in their life. Just know that it's supposed to happen. I mean, I went through the same thing with my wedding. It got canceled three different times. And, um, and we had the wedding of my dreams and it was the best day ever. And I didn't feel like it was the wedding of my dreams planning it um, or booking it, but it ended up being it. And that it just, what's meant to be will be. It's the best, that's the best thing you can tell yourself. As someone who is so outward about your life on social media, how are you going to go about 
sharing your child on social media? Because I understand that is something that a lot of parents are, are hesitant to do for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so it it is something that I've thought about. Um, I've considered not sharing him. But I, I have to be honest. I'm just somebody who is an open book. And I can't imagine not sharing him. Um, so I think I will be pretty pretty good about it. I think I will share him as, you know, much or as little as I feel is necessary or that I want to. Um, but I will say safety wise, and I think we had talked about this on the last podcast I was on. I'm really, I'm crazy about safety. Like I will never post an Instagram story in real time. So if I'm out in Saratoga and I'm taking a walk or I'm out to dinner, I will take the picture and I will save it and I will post it hours later. Just pure safety wise that people don't know my location. Um, so those safety precautions will be taken into account, but until there's a reason why, or until somebody gives me a reason to not share him, I think I will share him. I just can't imagine not. Okay. Uh, I want to get you out of here on this now as, as my friend, I'm coming to you in a time of crisis. (laughs) I once again, don't know where to live, Alicia. I feel like every time we talk, you ask me, all right, what's next? Where even are you right now? And so right now, I'm in uh, on the island of Oahu in the town of Kailua, Hawaii. And I'm leaving here at the end of April. I'm traveling a bunch in May. I'm going to New York. I'm going to Sweden. And then uh, I want to like settle somewhere in June. I'm a little bit burnt out of the traveling life. I want to settle down and sign a one-year lease. And that's my version of settling down is signing a one-year lease. And I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where to go. I, I've narrowed it down to a couple places, Boston, okay. New York City, London, or where I've already lived, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Boston is my, is my least favorite option. I really don't have much interest in living there, but I have like a couple you know, personal relationship reasons for for why Boston works. Mm-hmm. New York fascinates me. I I have a great time every time I go there. It's fun. It's it's wild. It's exciting. You end up in a different part of the city than where you started. It takes you all sorts of unexpected places. You meet people. You network. It's a great career choice, but it's crazy, ridiculously expensive. It um. I've just never honestly had much interest in living there. It would be moving there would be out of more so like out of a necessity, like career thing would be the biggest driver. And every time I go there, I'm like, gosh, it takes forever to get here. It feels a bit dangerous and sketchy places. I wouldn't actually want to live here. London, I absolutely (laughs) loved my time in London. It was so much fun. However, living in another country for a year as opposed to two months presents all sorts of challenges with the government, yeah. legal, immigration, work, I would have to count get Spotify's counsel on this and it would be difficult to work something out with them. Or I go back to my beloved small town of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, beautiful New England seacoast town um, that is an hour from Boston. So easy access to get to Boston and you know not that difficult to get to New York City whenever I want to go there. My concern with that is that is me thinking too small. I'm in a very ambitious phase of my life right now. Like I'm just all about growth mode and challenging myself. And, you know, I'm just like really hungry in my career right now. And 
a place like New York City or London is, in my industry, the place to be. That's where everyone is. That's where all the action happens. And so I fear I would be, even though I can work remotely, don't have to be anywhere, I feel I would be doing myself perhaps a disservice by being in a small town like Portsmouth. I'd be selling myself short. After all of that said, the four options, Boston, Portsmouth, London, New York, where should I live, Alicia? I feel personally like you just weren't done with London yet. Um, And knowing you and all the conversations we've had, everywhere you've gone, you've kind of been ready to go once you've gone. And I didn't feel like we had that conversation when we were leaving London. So I know it would be like such a pain, but it might be worth it. I mean, it's a year. It That would fly by. I feel like London. Yeah. I'm anti-New York. Um, did the New York thing before. Right. Yeah. Why are you anti-New York? Wasn't a fan. Um, well, I liked it when Nick lived there. Um, well, he lived in Jersey City and then commuted. So we are kind of, you know, back and forth. But it's gotten worse since COVID. I've been down twice. And both times I felt like I'm not coming back here. I don't feel safe. It's so much dirtier than I remember. But that also could be me being snotty because I lived in Chicago, which is like the cleanest, nicest city ever. And then visiting New York, I was like, ugh, I don't know how people live here. And it's also, it's insane expensive to live there. I mean, I, I don't think that's worth it. Um, I love, I personally love Boston, but every time we've talked about it, you're like, eh, like it's not, it doesn't seem like it's something that you really want to do. You did Portsmouth. I just feel like it's London personally. That's what my Twitter followers said as well. I put out a poll and they said London. So I know, but it has to be your decision, Troy. I know, but I'm incapable of making my own decisions. <laughs> I'm just, I always fear making the wrong decision. And I fear, like, don't be in fear of that because the wrong decision is going to lead you to the right one. Trust me. Like, who doesn't make wrong decisions? (laughs) That's a great place to end that. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for joining me, Alicia. Pleasure to have you on the podcast again. I treasure every time that we get to talk on air and off air. I wish you the absolute best of luck. Let me know what address offline let me know what address uh you're at so i can send you and baby baker things maybe maybe i'll get him like some boxing gloves do you think he'll be down for that perfect perfect i hope he like loves sports perfect i can't i can't wait to meet him good luck on this process i'm so proud of you for for getting through it and i i can't wait to see um all your posts on social media and, and to talk to you about this this new phase of your life. This is really exciting. I'm really happy for you guys. Thanks for having me, Troy.